Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 9th, 2022. Right now, I'm in this vein where I'm teaching on God's grace and our faith. And so everything God does for us, he does by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. It's not about us. It's all about him. And then faith is what we're supposed to live by. We are the just and we live by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith, pray by faith, get saved by faith, uh, fight by faith, overcome the world by faith. Everything that we do, we do it by faith. But our faith comes in response to God's grace. Where there is no grace, there can be no faith. So we've been learning about grace. We've been learning about faith. And we've been learning that faith works by love. I hope that you've been enjoying this series this morning. This is God's grace and our faith, part 11. Faith works by love, part 10. So obviously we've been in this for a while. You don't want to miss out on what God has been saying. You want to get this word down in your heart. The title of today's message is Fully Persuaded of God's Love. I want you to get to the point where you are fully persuaded that God loves you with an unconditional, everlasting love. And when you get fully persuaded, faith is not me trying to convince God. Faith is what happens when God convinces me. And so when I'm fully persuaded, when you're fully persuaded, when you are persuaded of God, you're not trying to persuade God, but you get persuaded of God that he loves you and that he made plans for you from the foundations of the world. Listen, at that point, all bets are off. You'll be able to leap a tall building with a single bound because it's the grace of God towards you. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Before we do, I've been saying good morning to everybody in the chat, uh, but there's somebody that say good afternoon. So Gloria is watching from Malawi, Central Africa. So Gloria, God bless you in Africa and may this word build you up. Uh, may your heart be filled with the love of God this morning. So let's get some, uh, some scriptures. I have several things I want to read. I've been reading John 1 and 14 to you every day, John 1 and 17, Galatians 5 and 6. I'm going to add Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, and Romans 8, uh, several verses in Romans 8. Let me read all this before I get into the message for this morning. Uh, you got to get this down in your heart. You ready? Open up your heart to receive the word. The Bible says, John 1 and 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father, Jesus, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Verse 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, your works is not about works, means anything. The only thing that matters now is faith and faith works by love. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. And I pray that God would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be revealed and released deep down inside of you. And the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life the resting place in God's love. You, you got to learn how to rest in God's love. Romans 8, 28 through 30, 
uh, and then 38 and 39. This is what the Bible says. We know that in everything, God works for good for those that love him. These are the people that God chose because it was his plan, not about us, all about him. God knew them before he made the world, and he decided that they would be like his son. Then Jesus would be the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. See, when Jesus was here, he was the only begotten of the Father. And Jesus said, unless a kernel of corn falls into the ground and dies, it, it remains alone. But if a kernel of corn, corn falls into the ground and dies, then it replicates itself, right? It becomes many. So Jesus was the only begotten of the Father when he was here. But now he's the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. You and I were just like Jesus. Verse 30, God planned for them to be like his son, us. We're like that kernel of corn is being replicated. Uh, so God planned for us to be like his son. He chose us and made us right with him. And after he made us right, he gave us to this world for his glory. And then Paul says, I'm fully persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what does this mean for you today? All right. So I'm constantly praying about seeking God about how do I teach you, right? I'm, I'm flowing with faith works by love. I'm always seeking God concerning like, how do I teach what I'm teaching in a way that you can get it? Like I have to approach the same thing, like through a different lens, a different facet, a different aspect. So this morning when I got up, this is what God gave me. Like when I went to go wake up my son, Joshua, to make sure he was up ready for school. Then immediately while I was waiting on my cup of coffee, God gave me a download, and this is what he gave me. Basically, like, give you a characterization, like, to paint a picture so you could kind of get what I've been teaching, all right? So the life of faith can be characterized in many ways. This is what God gave me this morning. So this is what he said. You ready? I'm going to give it to you, and then I'm going to give you some nuggets. Think of a person who comes to God after living their lives for several years, right? So now this person has already developed hopes and desires and dreams and aspirations. Now, they have a concept of the man or woman that they want to be. They have a picture of the future that they want to create, and they're busy creating it, right? I came to God when I was 23. I was a staff sergeant in the United States Army. I had a picture of the life that I wanted to create, and I was busy creating it. But then they get born again. And once they're born again, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to them. And God begins to reveal the plans that he made from them from the foundations of the world. And then God speaks to them through his word, which is the Bible, right? As they read the Bible, God speaks to them through the Holy Spirit, through dreams, through visions, through circumstances, and through other people. Now, this person has clear, now at this point, God is speaking to them through all these ways. So this person has clear promises from God both in the written word and through all the experiences, through the myriad of ways that God has been speaking to them. So this person now has to believe what God believes about them, right? But that's the challenge is, can I believe what God believes about me on the level that God believes it? And they have to open up their heart wide enough to believe what God believes about them, despite their failures and their flaws and their upbringing, and maybe they were raised in poverty or they had a negative mindset or low self-esteem. All of these things are real challenges. Now, if you didn't have any of that, then maybe it would be easier. I'm, I'm just telling you, for me, there were some things I had to overcome mentally so that I could open up my heart to the size of God's promises, right? And so they have to open up their heart wide enough to believe that God is good enough. So you have to open up your heart wide enough 
to believe that God is good enough to do what he's saying that he wants to do in your life. And, and even though there were moments and there will continue to be moments where you feel like you are unworthy, you're not worthy, you're not qualified, you're not prepared, all of that, this person has to get past all of that. And as they attempt to live by faith, and as they attempt to believe what God believes about them, they go on their merry way in life, right? So now just imagine this person. It could be a male or a female. This person is now born again. They have plans before. God is speaking to them now. They have all this thing going on in their heart and in their mind, and now they're just trying to do life, right? So they still have things to do. They have work to perform, relationships to develop. And, and you know, basically they have a calendar on a daily basis. If they're married, they may be married and have children and they have a business or career or whatever. So they're attempting to live their life. They're trying to do life, but at the same time, they're trying to experience what God is speaking to them in their heart. And they have a daily routine that, you know, they're going through what they consider to be normal life, but at the same time, they're living with this amazing dream in their heart. And there's a disconnect, it seems like, when they go in their prayer closet, God reveals these amazing things to them. When they're in church, God speaks to them through the word coming from the pulpit or from the brothers and sisters or maybe at the altar. And so they have these amazing visions and revelations from God. But then their normal like Monday through Friday kind of life is like, man, it doesn't match. And so they're like, I'm, I see this in the natural. I'm like right here. But in my heart, you're giving me all of this stuff. And so because they want to be a good Christian, <laughs> they're like, okay, well, what do I do? They, they connect to a local church. They submit to the leadership there. They connect with the body of believers. They get a constant and steady diet of the word of God. Maybe they watch today's word like this. So they're getting the word of God. They try to meditate and medicate on God's word day and night. They spend time in prayer. They go to church meetings. They're connected with the community of believers. And, and even with all of this, invariably they make mistakes. You know why? Because they're human. And so, so here you are saying, well, Lord, I, I connected to a church. I submitted to the pastor. I joined this, this committee or this ministry. I'm also doing this at work. I'm also reading my Bible. I'm also listening to good stuff when I'm in the car. I'm also trying to pray. I'm also doing all this stuff. I'm teaching my kids. I make sure they go to Sunday school. I'm doing all of these things. And even with all of that, you make mistakes, right? I mean, because you're not going to measure up. And, and, and when their performance doesn't measure up to the size of God's promises or God's dream for their life, they have to battle these thoughts. What are the thoughts? The thoughts of guilt and shame and condemnation. And so if the devil can get them to feel condemned, or let me just make it personal. If the devil can make get you to feel condemned, right? Like you feel condemned, then you will stop believing God. Because you can't be in fear and in faith at the same time. I've taught you that before. Faith is confidence in God and his word. Fear is an expression of your confidence in Satan and his word. And you can't be in faith and in fear at the same time. If your faith cancels out fear and fear cancels out faith. And so if you believe Satan and what he said, oh man, I have confidence that this bad thing is going to happen. I got a negative doctor's report. I got a negative financial report. And now the devil's trying to tell me all of these things about my future. If I express confidence in that, I'm going to be in fear. Once I'm in fear, I'm no longer in faith. But God speaks to me about my future. God has given me an image and a future and a hope. And if I express confidence in that, I'm going to be in faith. And once I'm in faith, I'm no longer in fear. So either way, I have to battle these thoughts. All of this stuff is going on in my mind. And so remember, the kingdom of God functions on faith, the kingdom of Satan functions on fear. So if this person that I'm talking about, 
allows the devil to cause them to live in a constant state of guilt and shame and condemnation, then they run the risk of derailing themselves from their destiny, right? The devil will tell them that they don't measure up. Matter of fact, let me make it personal. The devil will tell you that you don't measure up, that, that you're not good enough for the dream, that what God said, yeah, God said it, but it's never going to come to pass because you you can't measure up. You're, you're, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have all the right connections and your performance is not perfect. So the devil does everything that he can to get you on a daily basis to focus on your humanity and your flaws instead of God's divinity and his faithfulness. And so this is why, you know, so now you're battling these thoughts in your mind. God, on the other hand, is doing everything that he can to get you to stop looking at yourself. (laughs) So God is doing everything that he can on a daily basis to get you to stop looking at yourself. He's like, no, son, I don't want to bless you because you're good. No, daughter, I don't want to bless you because you're, I want to bless you because I'm good. I want to bless you because I've already promised this stuff from the foundations of the world. So, so God is doing all that he can to get this person to stop focusing on himself or herself or his goodness or his perceived level of goodness or his perceived level of faithfulness towards God. God is like, no, God, I I want you to focus on me and my dedication to you. God is like, hey, son, hey, daughter, I want you to know I made plans for you from the foundations of the world. I'm the one that's committed to those plans. I'm the one that gave you the dream. I'm the one. And listen, oh, by the way, newsflash, when I gave you the dream, I knew all the mistakes that you were going to make. I don't have to wait till Saturday to know what you're going to do on Saturday. So I knew all the mistakes that you were going to make. And I factored those things out when I factored in my grace and my goodness. Don't factor in what I already factored out. Here you are. The devil is trying to get you to factor in what God has already factored out. Just like uh, the, the, the spies, the 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan. Oh, there's giants in the land. God had already factored out the giants when he said, I've already given you the land. And they messed around and factored in what God had factored out and they put a no where God had put a yes. If you if you don't win this battle for your mind, you're going to mess around and put a no where God has already put a yes. You're starting to factor in things that God has already factored out. God factored in his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his favor. So it doesn't matter. He factored out your flaws and your limits and what you can't do and how you feel like you're not good enough. And so, so this person that I'm talking about is now left with a decision. They can either attempt to live their lives by faith based on their perceived level of goodness towards God, which we all know is flawed, or they can live their lives by faith based on God's endless love, his unconditional love, the love that God has for us that will never fail. God's love never fails. So for the past couple of weeks, I've been trying to get you to decouple, disconnect, detach your faith from your performance. Because this is the only way that you will believe what God believes about you. This is the only way. If you believe what God believes about you, but then you believe that your faith is based on your performance, you will never measure up to the size of God's plans. You will never measure up. And since you will never measure up, your faith will never be consistent because your faith is based on you and you are human and you are flawed. For your faith to be consistent, your faith must be rooted and grounded in God's consistent love towards you because God's love towards you never fails. That's how you believe what God believes about you. That's how you can believe on God's level. God's love never fails. So God's plans and purposes must be received by faith knowing that God gives you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, and he does this by his unearned and amazing 
grace. That's the grace life. So that's what God gave me this morning while I was waiting on my cup of coffee from the machine. So all of that said, now let me give you seven quick things as I close. Seven, boom, boom, boom. You ready? All right, here we go. Number one, God's motivation to bless you is his love, not your faith. Well, God, I mean, what caused God uh, to make plans for you, to seek you out and to save you for his glory was his love and grace, not your performance or your perfection. So God is motivated by his love towards you. And so he wants to bless you because he wants to bless you because he is good. Number two, when you're convinced that God loves you with an everlasting love, it puts you in a position to receive from God without any hindrances. Why? Because at that point, God's love is perfect. If you try to receive from God based on your performance, you will have hindrances because your performance will eventually fail. So you got to understand that faith works by love and God's love never fails. So my faith is based on his love, not my performance. All right. Number three, when you are convinced that God loves you, it is easier for you to believe what God is revealing to you through the Holy Spirit, because even it doesn't matter how amazing it seems that he wants to do this through you. At that point, you will believe God and what he wants to do in your life because you know that God's love towards you and oh, God's, God's dedication and the plans towards you are based on his love, not your perfection or your flaws. Number four, when you are convinced that God loves you and that he wants to use you by his unearned and amazing grace because he loves you with an everlasting love, you will believe God and you will have confidence in him. And, you, and, and this way, you know that you don't have to be perfect to receive God's promises. You can actually rest in God's love. You can enter into God's rest. This is what Ephesians 3 and 17 means when I read it for you earlier. The resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. Number five, when you are convinced that God loves you, your faith is going to be strong. It will be energized because your faith finds strength strength in knowing that God loves you. Faith works by love. So when your faith is rooted and grounded in God's love and it's not contingent upon you, it's only contingent upon God, his plans, his purposes, and his dedication to you, then you know that you will operate with a level of confidence because you know that God made these plans from the foundations of the world. Number six, you can rest. This Monday morning, I want you to enter into God's rest. You can rest in God's love to the point where the love of God becomes the very source and the root of your life. This means that even when you make mistakes, even when you feel like I'm unqualified, I'm not prepared, I can't do it, I'm not good enough, then you can stop for a moment. When you're getting all these thoughts and the devil is saying, you're not good enough, you will never be good enough. You will never measure up. Uh, this is never gonna happen. This happens for other people. It won't happen for you. You can stop and walk over to the mirror and minister to yourself. You can look into the mirror and speak to yourself. Say, self, God loves you. God wants to do what he wants to do in your life because he loves you. Stop focusing on you. Focus on the love of God towards you as Jesus is. So are you in this world. Minister to yourself. And number seven, number uh, finally, last point. If you walk with God long enough, there are going to be a lot of moments where you got to minister to yourself. There are going to be a lot of moments where while the devil is putting constantly all these thoughts in your mind, thoughts of fear, failure, doubt, unbelief, guilt, shame, condemnation, the devil is like doing everything that he can to get you over into condemnation. At the same time, God is putting all these thoughts in your mind. Thoughts of love, peace, grace, favor, purpose, success, kingdom impact. And you have to win the battle for your mind. The only way to win it is to remind yourself what Paul said. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing. The world can't separate me. 
and I can't separate me. Even my flaws are not enough to disconnect me from the love of God towards me. God loves me with an unyielding, endless, unconditional love. And my faith works because I know God loves me. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want, Listen, I'm trying to give you the same thing in so many different ways because you got to get this down in your heart. God loves you. God loves you with this unconditional, everlasting love, and faith works when you know God loves you. All right, so speak this over your life by faith. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me to meditate and medicate on your love towards me. The more convinced I am of your amazing love, the more I know that everything is going to work out for my good. You chose me before I chose you. You chose me before you made the world. You planned for me to be like your son on this planet. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. So I live with confidence because my confidence is in you and your amazing love, not in me or my performance. I am fully persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, your love, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I am your beloved. I am your favorite. I am the apple of your eye. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If, if this message was a blessing to you and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org. Sign up for the notes. You get it for free. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going you're gonna to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Also, do me a favor. I want you to go into the chat. If this message was a blessing, leave me some comments in the chat because I, I like to go read those comments and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Uh, if you like this content and you want more content from Isabella and I, more like private content, like behind the scenes kind of content, then go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. Uh, we put out a bunch of content over the weekend uh, in this area, we're putting out stuff where we can communicate with people uh, that's not going to be on social media. So check that out if you're interested. I love you. God loves you more. We'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.